Hello, 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 and welcome to another ass-ruling episode of My Violet Tendencies with me, Marvelous Warhorse. Just kidding, guys. It's me, Marvelous Matt Nix. <laughs> uh, I fooled you, didn't I? Uh, just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, that was just me doing a very poor impersonation of Warhorse. My good pal Warhorse, um, who I got a chance to sit down with this past weekend. It was awesome. He was in town for Warrior Wrestling, the stadium series that they've been doing up here. It's been great. Uh, and we've been uh, we've been playing a little bit of tag, kind of trying to figure out when we're going to sit down and and uh, and talk and, and get him on the show. I know we we uh, we're trying to do it a couple weeks ago, like right after he uh, made his appearance on AEW, but you know it just didn't really work out. But hey, that's okay. We made it happen, so I'm very excited about this week's episode. It's great. Uh, real quick, uh, I want to give a shout out to a friend of the show, Trevor Outlaw. He uh, th- had his birthday this this past weekend, and uh, it was uh, it was it was fun to go uh, go see him and uh, eat some Mexican food, Los Comales. Uh, it was great. I watched a little football, and uh, yeah, it was good to see good to see him. Uh, he's always been such a great supporter of, of me, I guess, and the show and it, anytime I've ever had like moments of like doubt or something, just like, uh, I don't know why I'm doing this podcast and stuff like that, but he's always so excited every time a new, a new episode drops and, uh, you know, for, for the people like him, the people like, you know, that, that do actually listen to the show, you know, thank you guys so much. I, I do appreciate you know, you taking time out of your day to, to listen to me ramble on about nothing most of the time. But, you know, sometimes we have these these great episodes uh, talking to these wrestlers and, and other people, too. Um, people outside of the wrestling world, uh, if you would. But uh, thank you, Trevor. Uh, happy birthday to him. Happy birthday to Ethan Page, my good friend, Ethan Page, uh, who also had a birthday this past weekend. Love that guy. Uh, love everything he does. Uh, I want him to be the richest man in the world one day because he deserves it. He works hard for it, man. And uh, one day, mark my words, one day he will be uh, a superstar. He already is a superstar, but, you know, a household name. Um, really quick, I do want to thank, uh, you know, my, my Patreon supporters. Thank you guys so much. I do appreciate everything you guys do. You make this show possible. Um, so thank you so much. I know I've been neglecting uploading new material on there, but don't worry, we have some cool stuff in the works. I did recently start a Twitch channel. Uh, it's my first time trying something like that. Pretty excited for that. Uh, it, if you want to check that out and follow it, it's just freelance wrestling. It's the freelance wrestling channel on Twitch. Uh, my goal with that is to kind of do some uh, video game streamings of some games that I like and games that uh, other people like. I would love to have... Other wrestlers come on, a lot of the freelance regulars, uh, and have a lot of special guests. So uh, be on the lookout for that, because I, d- I don't really have a set schedule for when that's going to be popping off, but uh, I will be p- probably posting in advance just to kind of give everybody a heads up. But um, if that's something you're into and you want to check it out, dude, it's going to be fun. I think, uh, I think I'm going to have a lot of fun doing that. It's mostly going to be me playing games very poorly, because I'm terrible at every game that I ever try, but you know... Maybe we'll watch me play a little bit of Red Dead Redemption 2 and you can watch me, you know, chase down animals and stuff. I don't know. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, without further ado, let's let's get into this episode with Warhorse. It's great. It's a great episode. 
all my episodes are great. I'm just going to stick with that for now on. Everything I do is amazing. So please check this out. Keep supporting. Thanks, guys. But yeah, all these uh, all these posters and stuff that I got, like like the Marvel uh, Avengers posters I got on eBay for pretty cheap. Um, it's just like, and it's funny, like my girlfriend, she just flat out was just like, you cannot hang those up in the apartment. And not because of what they are, but because she's a huge diehard DC fan and not Marvel. <laughs> she's like, yeah, those Marvel movies are okay, I guess. Oh, well. She's like, she's real salty because the DC movies suck. I'm... <laughs> they do, though. They do. Like, I want to like them, and me and Tammy try to like them, but I think we we really wanted to like Batman versus Superman. Oof. And, then, you know. That back half was just rough. <laughs> Have you seen Birds of Prey yet? Not yet. Dude, that one is really good. Like, for sure, like, the best movie that they've done. Like in Wait, I thought that was a series. No, no, no. They Well, it is a, uh, in the comics, it's a series. But, like, the Birds of Prey movie that just came out, it's, like, the most long, obnoxious, like, title for a movie ever. It's, like, Birds of Prey, and then it's, like, the something emancipation of one Harley Quinn. And... Yeah, it's like it, but it's a really good movie, and yeah. uh, it's funny. It's like a hundred percent what like the Suicide Squad movie was like, kind of going for as far as like their vibe, but uh, but they did not hit the mark on that one. No, no, I think didn't they have to change it like three quarters of the way through? They did rewrites and stuff because they were like, oh, Deadpool did so good. Yeah, yeah, I think they they reshot like almost half the movie, and then it came out, and like a lot of it doesn't make sense mm-hmm. because of that, and. I know, like with the how they're they're talking about re, redoing this, uh, uh, what the Justice League movie? They're like putting another Snyder cut. Everyone's like going crazy for, and uh, I, I've seen a lot of DC fans or uh, su- uh, Suicide Squad fans, especially my girlfriend, just talking about like, okay, we'll release the actual cut of that movie too. Mm-hmm. And I think that there are people that are like pushing for it super hard, so maybe they'll. They will. I don't think it'll make it a better movie, but no. it might just kind of make things make more sense. Well, I'm sure once they, you know, release the Zack Snyder cut and it does well, then they're going to release the uh, Suicide Squad one anyways. It'll be interesting because I just, I just recently saw Justice League for the first time. Oh, yeah. And I was like, because everyone's like, it's so, so bad. It's shit. Like, don't ever watch it. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to watch it at some point, but... We watched it and I was like, okay, it's not, it's not a great movie, but it's like, it's not as bad as everybody was like making it seem. There's a lot of cool shit in there. Like whenever the flash is trying to run around Superman and Superman just like catches him. It's fucking awesome. Like there's cool parts in that movie. It is not a good movie. There's (laughs) plenty of mighty fine stuff where at least they tried. Oh yeah. But, uh, I'm like, I'm like, oh, I'm interested to watch a four hour version of this, I guess. Like. But at least they're breaking it up into cuts. Like it's like four different parts, I think, mm-hmm. which is kind of cool. But I'm I'm sliding all over the. I'm trying to get comfy. Oh no, dude! I don't know how it's gonna take. You're the next good. You're good. Minutes for me to get like just slide yeah. on in. Like I gotta get a better, other better chair for for when I have guests over here because this chair I bought it's super nice, super comfy. Yeah, that one I don't I don't even know where that one came from. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like extra shirt. Um, extra chairs that we have down from the from the warehouse and they just kind of like rotate from here to like down where like all the other stuff is down by the shop like 
We just have like chairs all over the place. Hella chairs, man. Hella chairs. <laughs> but some of them are comfy. So, I was going to be here on time, but between traffic and Taco Bell and <laughs> comic shopping, I didn't have time. I thought you were here damn near on time. No, I was 10 minutes late, I think. But time is irre- irrelevant. It's irrelevant. <laughs> and Yeah, I went comic shopping, found a bunch of neat shit. Um, those dollar bins, man, they'll get you every time, you know. Shoot. Where'd you, uh, where'd you end up going? Uh, Do you remember the name of the shop? Amazing comic shop or something like that. I don't know. They had their shit together, though. Like, it was really organized well. And I've been on a spawn kick lately. Oh, so yeah? That's, that's all I'm buying is spawn issues, miniseries, like, spinoffs, shit like that. And they had so many issues of, like, Hellspawn and just, like, Curse of Spawn and shit like that. And I'm like, oh, I need all of these. This is convenient. Hell, yeah. Did you see... I don't. I don't know if it's still happening, but I think they're they're re they're rebooting Spawn like mm-hmm. as a movie. Yeah, so it's supposed to be Jamie Fox as Spawn. Really? Yeah. Ooh. But you never see anything about them actually shooting it, and it's been in the process for at least six years now of trying to get made. But like Todd McFarlane's trying to flip the bill on it. And he's had so many fucking lawsuits that just, well, cause he, he's a dumbass and he keeps using people's names in his comic books. Like, uh, like real people names. Yeah. Like Al Simmons is his best friend's name. And then Wanda, who's Al Simmons wife is his wife's name. And then he used like Tony twist for like the bad guy. So <laughs> Tony twist from the St. Louis blues sued him. And sued him for a lot of money. Like, whoa. Yeah, like the case took place in St. Louis. And I was talking to people in comic shops around town, and they were like, yeah, we had a lot of auctions go on then because, like, people had interest in all the spawn books, so we sold out of them. So there's, like, no spawn books anywhere in St. Louis. Dang. Was that, like, recently that that happened, or was that, like, back in the day? Semi recently. Like, I I think it was, like, an ongoing thing, and then he finally got them to realize oh yeah he just straight up took his name because they found like an interview of him admitting to it he's like yeah i like that guy yeah i mean it's an awesome name though yeah shit and, I, I thought it was like a fake name yeah no tony twist that's uh he was he was like a goon for the blues for a long time and that's all he did was just get into fights hell yeah awesome it's the best part of hockey oh yeah he has a bar in st louis where like all the tables are bolted down because he's just expecting people to fight in there Whoa, yeah. that's pretty sick. That's badass. <laughs> Fucking Tony Twist is the man. <laughs> God. Are you a big hockey fan or are you just like I am occasional? and I'm not. I fucking love the blues. I don't have any problems with like my friends that like the Blackhawks because <laughs> like that just gives us something, you know, the games get more exciting whenever you're allowed to like hate each other for five minutes, you know yeah. what I mean? And then, and then you go back to being buddies. Like people take that shit way too seriously sometimes. God, it's funny you, you mentioned that because... Just this past week at work, we were talking um, with some of my coworkers, and one of them's from Michigan originally, mm-hmm. and he's like, hey, like, question. He's like, why do Cubs fans and Sox fans hate each other so much? And he's like, it's weird, because it's like, you would think, like, you guys are from the same city. You would just be like, all right, well, you know, I was like, that is why everybody, like, you know, quote, unquote, hates each other. It's just, it's because these two teams are from the same city that's so close in proximity and you know, people, it makes everything more fun. I think most people are like, it's like a lighthearted kind of like 
jesting than yeah, than actual hatred. It's something to do, and also it sells more T-shirts that way too. Hell yeah, so, you sells know, tickets to games. Wins. Yeah, I mean, you know, St. Louis, we automatically hate the Cubs, so it's like <laughs> my favorite three baseball teams are like the Cardinals, the Sox, and then whoever's playing the Cubs. So yeah, that's I mean that's the motto, but no, I. I mean, like, I think Kylie and Isaiah, they're big Cubs fans, yeah? I think, I think, I don't know Kylie is for sure. I don't know if, I think Isaiah is a Sox fan. Oh, okay. He's a Southside boy. I've never brought it up to them, but I've, and if I did, like, it wouldn't be a heated argument because I don't get heated about it, but I know so (laughs) many fucking people that would just, like, get mad instantly and be like, well, we can't be friends anymore. It's weird. It's super weird. It's like, I can set shit aside, like, it's. Just fucking baseball. I love baseball, but it's just baseball. It's not like we are actually playing on these teams right. and it's like our livelihoods that depends on it. No, for sure. But I do love going to the games in St. Louis whenever the Cubs come to town because like, <laughs> oh my God, there's just so much shit talk and everybody's just cool with it. So many Cubs fans come down like yeah. for those oh, games it's, too. It's amazing. And I don't know. I think more Cubs fans either go down or live in like Southern Illinois and just cross over. Yeah. Versus like Cards fans coming up here, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's weird because like with Cubs, with Cubs, uh, Cubs fans specifically, they're just like everywhere. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's funny to see that, especially when they started getting good and like when they won the World Series and everybody was a Cubs fan right, at that point. Right. But oh, I was, I was happy for everyone. I was yeah. like, boy, that was a long ass wait. Like, <laughs> I'm not even meaning to sound like an asshole. It's just like there were generations of people waiting for this to happen and it finally happened and it's just like a cool moment. You can't like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's it's and like with me being a, a Sox fan, like my family like growing up was like divided. Uh, you know, my my dad and me were both Sox fans and my mom, my brother and my sister were all Cubs fans. Mm-hmm. And we'd always just like, you know, mess with each other all the time. But like when it was the 2016 playoffs, like we were all like just like go Cubs like this is this is a huge thing and was it that long ago yeah 2016 man it doesn't feel like it and just to see like I I really wanted it to happen for my mom specifically just like because she's she's like it's weird uh she's like a huge like diehard Cubs fan like really really like deep into it Mm -hmm. like her whole life and don't let her hear this conversation (laughs) (laughs) she but just to see her like like she'll like just normal normal games like not even playoff stuff like when it's like a tight game or something she'll be up and like pacing around the living room like watching the game and shit like she gets super into it and like when they won okay so th- this this is this little story is like insane so like that game 7 of that world series when they were playing the, the Indians they had like a rain delay mm-hmm. during that game if anybody remembers and it was like probably about an hour long rain delay mhm and they were, I think they were losing. I think the Cubs were losing at that point. I think so. I can't even remember this. Yeah. And so like we, it was rain delay. Everybody kind of like fucked off into their own things. And then we came back to like watch the rest of the game. They ended up coming back and they ended up winning and they won the world series. And just to see my mom, like just bawling her eyes out, crying, like so happy to see it happen. And then like my sister and my brother-in-law, like they, they went upstairs or whatever and they were doing stuff. And when they came back they were, my sister was like, oh, so I just took a pregnancy test. We're pregnant. Like, so she oh, like wow. announced like our family that she was having our niece. Like, so whenever your family tells the story of like, Oh, we found out she was pregnant. And then your mom's like, and we won the world. Series. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny. It's, it's crazy. It was such a, like a euphoric moment, like for like in our house that day. Oh, that's cool. 
that's really cool. My uh, my stepdad's that way because the Blues just won the uh, Stanley Cup last year. Was it? Two years I think ago? so. Last year, yeah. And then like the schedule's fucked up this year because everything. <laughs> but uh, no, I wasn't with him, but I've seen him cry over losses. As far as like us getting bumped out of the playoffs and oh. shit like that, and like he gets real emotional about his hockey, but for like. And I can imagine it was the same up here for the Cubs fans, but for like a good four or five days, it was a fucking party in St. Louis, <laughs> and it was awesome. Cause like from the time we we the Blues were founded to like the time we won the Cup, we never won the Cup, mm-hmm. so it was like a good forty-five, fifty-year gap, which is not the same as like a hundred-year drought. Yeah, I mean, like my stepdad was alive whenever they first founded the team, and then he finally got to see him win, and then like. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it was really cool. And then they were playing uh, Gloria, but I don't even remember who the fucking artist is that made the song. Like, you know, if I, if I so played the it, Gloria, you know. Gloria, yeah. Right. yeah. So they, uh, that was like the blues anthem that like the locker room was playing and like somehow word got out. And so they started playing that song during playoff <laughs> times. And then for this one station, like after we won the cup, they kept it on for like four days straight, nonstop playing. That Just playing that same song. song? Yeah. Oh my god! And then like me and my buddy, I was still working at the time at this glass shop. Me and my buddy were driving around. And we left it on, like, unironically. We were just so fucking wound up <laughs> on this song, and, like, the blues went in. And, like, we, you'd be working on some windows at a house, and you'd hear some kids at a pool party, and they're fucking playing, playing Gloria. It. And it's just, like, this weird thing that everybody, like, old people, young people, everybody, when we hear that song, we think of the fucking blues. And it's just, like, a nice thing that, like, everybody <laughs> has together, and nobody's going to, like, argue about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So That's pretty funny. It's it's weird. It's like a weird thing that everybody came together for, and like I don't know if that's ever gonna fucking happen again, as far as like Shit. anywhere, you know. I remember when when the White Sox won the World Series in like two thousand five. Oh yeah, that was cool. That that was the I was a freshman in high school when that happened, and they kind of ad- adopted. I don't know if I don't remember if it was during the playoffs or like after they won. But it was the Journey song, Don't Stop Believing, like kind of got a, a, adopted as like our anthem. Yeah. And that was, I remember that was the first time I'd ever heard the song because I was like 15. I didn't know shit about anything. Right, right. And, uh, but now every time I hear that song though, I just, it just immediately like my brain is like, oh yeah, that's the White Sox song. I have listened to classic rock radio so much in my lifetime and I am so burnt out of that damn song. <laughs> it really is like... A lot of people, uh, it's funny, like, you know, Val Capone, she hates Journey with a, a burning passion. I can see why anyone would hate them. I definitely see why. I like them, <laughs> but I don't like that fucking song. Not because it's bad, but because I'm just so burnt fucking out. burnt out on it. Yeah. Man, one time, so I used to shoot pool in bars with my dad whenever I was growing up. And like, we'd go over, uh, we'd have every other weekend custody arrangement. And he lived in small towns in southern Illinois. And the reason we would go to bars is because there's not shit to do in small towns. Mm. Well, they had pool tables. And, like, my dad's not a drinker and wouldn't drink. And, like, obviously I wasn't drinking. I was 16. But, like, it was a small town. It was a room full of people that I know. And, like, they were just all sitting there. You know what I mean? <laughs> just hanging so out. So we're shooting pool. And one time I get up and we're in Lindsberg. And I go play Journey on the jukebox. And it's like... uh city of the angels or something like that and i'm like i remember this song being good and i click it 
and there was this one dude in the bar, TJ, and like he's just sitting there fuming, and like you can feel the tension. And I'm like, okay, this song isn't as good as I remember it. And like this guy has like <laughs> DJ equipment and stuff. He goes, fuck it, and slams his hands on the bar. I'm bringing my shit in. And he goes out and he like starts loading in all his DJ equipment and sets <laughs> up. And it's like, wow, Journey's song sucked that fucking bad. This guy snapped <laughs> and just set up for free. Was yeah. not getting paid to fucking DJ tonight. He's like, I hate Journey so much, I'm going to do labor for free. Dude, and just- one time I saw him punch the jukebox and it shook the whole fucking bar. This guy had like crazy farmer strength for someone who never worked out. <laughs> I mean, he looked like... He looked like a powerlifter build, but he just was a big, yeah, just a big that fucking farmer dude. You could, yeah, you could tell he was like made that way and ate corn <laughs> and potatoes. Just but, lifting bales of hay. Yeah. God. How much stuff have you ever done down in like Southern Illinois, like outside of wrestling? You ever mess around down there or no? Mm, not so much in Southern Illinois. Like I've always wanted to go camping down at like near like Cairo yeah. is that, that Cairo Illinois on the, oh, yeah, the bottom yeah, yeah. tip that's near uh, Metropolis yeah you ever been there I've driven past it I've never like actually gone Dude. I want to go see that Superman statue yeah so it's not just a statue they have a museum really so apparently I don't know how long ago this was but uh, you know Mikey McFinnigan mm-hmm. he was telling me this because he's like that. that's his area mm-hmm. apparently Metropolis was a small town that entered into a contest from DC and like the winner of the raffler contest or whatever got a Superman museum and was allowed to change their name to Metropolis and all that shit. Wow. So they did it and then they like set up the museum and like the statue and all that shit. And obviously the town's on board, but then DC's like, this is really redneck town. Like this, <laughs> this is, we can't do this. So they like stopped supporting it. And that's so weird. Yeah, They just backed off of it. Like all the shit's still there. If you go to the Superman museum, there's like props and shit they used in movies and like the old TV shows and shit <laughs> like that. Yeah. There's like a foam breakthrough wall and stuff. That's insane. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, next time you go down that way, check it out. It's actually like worth a trip just for itself. I know you're, you're, you're not a, DC guy so much as a Marvel guy according to these posters but Ooh. you can take your lady down there she'll enjoy it so it's it's funny that you mentioned that like growing up I actually was like super balls deep into Superman and Batman <laughs> and actually my favorite comic book uh, hero is the Green Lantern oh yeah yeah I didn't get I didn't really get into the Marvel stuff until like like I read I read a lot of X-Men when I was a kid mm-hmm. um, but like that was pretty much it like I didn't read any like of like I didn't read any Incredible Hulk or like you know, uh, Iron Man or Captain America stuff. Like it was really just like my exposure to those was just like the old, like Hulk TV show and stuff. And I feel like for a lot of people too, Spider-Man was huge for me when I was growing up. He's a good like jumping off point as far as like comic books go. Yeah. But so speaking of like jumping off points, I'm going to ask you this because somebody I heard, I'm relating this back to wrestling. I swear. (laughs) <laughs> but the other day, this dude, you know Kenway, right? Uh, yeah, Matt Kenway. This was like, yeah, this was like a year and a half ago. And he's like, so I was thinking about watching anime. Where's, where's like a good starting point? And I'm like, I have no fucking idea. Because like I've seen a couple things, but I'm not like, I like the weird obscure shit. Not mm-hmm. so much like the mainstream stuff. And it's like, I have no idea where to start. And then like not long after that, I had like one of my high school friends hit me up. And they're like, hey, man. Uh, I do a lot of battle raps, um, and a lot of people are starting to use like wrestlers and wrestling terms in their battle raps. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. He goes, 
where can I start at as far as like wrestling goes? And it's like, I have no fucking idea. If it's like, then I thought about it and it's like, wrestling's just kind of a thing I just so happened to like. Like, I remember <laughs> the first match I saw, but after that, it wasn't like, it was like Hulk Hogan versus Typhoon or some shit. But like, where do you point someone if they want to like get into wrestling? Like, I have no oh, fucking a, idea. That's interesting. You know what shit. I mean? Like, do you go like WrestleMania 3? But that's really old and might lose their interest. Yeah. Do you go to like, SummerSlam 2000 or some shit because that one's kind of high paced but wrestling doesn't fucking look like that anymore you know what I mean yeah you can't just send them to all Japan to where it's like a sport and then they fucking turn on the TV yeah you know what I mean like it's it's weird I don't know where a good jumping off point would be if somebody was to get into wrestling like right now as far as like you mean like going like going back and watching old stuff or just like kind I mean, of getting somebody into it in I mean, general just someone into it in general like what do you show them hmm. I know it like varies from person to person but like just like a broad if you were trying to get the public to watch wrestling like what the hell would you pick to show them you know I remember uh, when I was in high school because like when I when I was in high school I had a, a, a bunch of friends that like liked wrestling, mm-hmm. but for them it was strictly like, Oh, I've only watched like WWE or like maybe WCW. And occasionally some of them would be like, Oh yeah, I've heard of ECW. Right. But like nobody, none of them knew anything about like independent wrestling. Mm-hmm. And I, at the time I like when I was like 13, I think 12 or 13, like I went to my first like indie show and it was like, it was a place called world wrestling zone. And I specifically remember they had D'Lo Brown on the show and Buff Bagwell, who's the fucking man. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and a little mask wrestler named Alto, who went on to become some guy in WWE, uh, uh, Mustafa Ali, that guy. Um, <laughs> I heard of him once or twice. Yeah. Oh, that's that guy that wrestled Dingo at Mid-South. Yeah. Yeah, that's where I know him from. <laughs> but I like, I remember... That going to that first show there, it was at the it was in my hometown of Bridgeview, um, and they they remember I just remember specifically some guys cutting a promo and this is hilarious to think back on this because it's just like some shindy that like was just like uh, it was the first night that Ring of Honor was also running in Chicago. Oh wow! So yeah, and they I remember the guys on on the WWZ show were just like we're the real wrestling group. Like we're not those like posers from across town that are running right now. Like they were just doing a shoot promo I wish they on ring of honor face that I'm making while you're telling me this. <laughs> Dude, it was so, I remember, I remember that happening and just being like, what's, what's ring of honor. Like, cause they said the name on, on their, on the promo. And I remember going home and like Googling it and like finding ring of honor. And I was like, Oh, this is another wrestling group. Cool. And then, so like I, I started going to the ring of honor shows after that. Oh, so they fucked up and gave you the, yeah, they, the info. yeah. And then that would be my, like, I'd be like to my friends, be like, yo, you guys got to check out this ring of honor shit. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like showing them deep, like I'd, every show I would go to, they would do like a buy, buy two, get one free for DVDs. So I would just constantly, every show just buy a bunch of DVDs yeah. and I still have them all. But I would always be like, you got to check out this, got to check out this. I would always like show them like, um, like the, the cage of death match that they did with like when they were feuding with CZW. It was like an hour long. Yeah. It It was crazy. It's It's so crazy. Is it really? Yeah. (sighs) And they have like the cornet shit at the end whenever like homicide doesn't he get jumped. Yeah. Yeah. They beat his ass. Yeah. But that's, that's all on YouTube. Yeah. Like, but that whole like era of like ring of honor from like, oh, four to like oh seven was like the top shit for me like growing up and like i would 
I would always recommend anything from that era to people, but also like WWF from like 96 to like 2000 was like, uh, I would, I would go up to like 2002. Yeah. It was like, that was like, as far as like watching TV wrestling for me, that was like the best shit. No, for sure. I, uh, I was a huge fan from 05 to like 2010 ish before I got into like training of TNA. Oh, hell yeah. That was my shit. Fucking Abyss, Monty Brown. (laughs) They can do no wrong in my eyes. They are so fucking good. That was the best Jeff Jarrett run he ever fucking had. 100%. Oh my God, it was so good. And him and Kurt just like killing it every fucking night. Dude, Kurt just like slowly killing himself like every match. It was amazing. Like how can you not respect that man's work? I love, uh, so doing the gimmicky stuff sometimes that I do. I get a lot of people that are like, well, serious wrestlers don't do that. And then it's like, Kurt Angle won a gold medal and like did, put on a tiny cowboy hat and played fucking yeah. crack corn. Like you can't tell me that serious <laughs> wrestlers can't fuck around sometimes. Yeah. I hate that mentality of like, you have to choose one way or the other. And yeah. it's like, no, you don't. You can, if you're good, you can do all of it. Like the whole thing. And most people, you know. They try to pick one thing and then they try to get really good at it, which is totally fine, but they don't like think of the broad spectrum of things to where there's like many emotions to what we do and it can't all be funny all the time and it can't be all serious all the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? You have to gauge the audience too. Like, cause sometimes yeah. people like, especially when you're, when you do gimmicky stuff or like quote unquote comedy wrestling, like if you're doing shit like that and the crowd's just not like laughing mm-hmm. or not reacting to it, you're just like, okay, time to do something else then. Like, this isn't working. And it's also, like, how the promoters structure the cards and shit like that, too, you know? Because, like, pacing and all that stuff. Like, if I'm on a show with Nick Gage, I'm not going to do any, like, floor shit or, like, you know, I'm going to try to do a little more headbanging than usual just to be different. But if I'm wrestling Nick Gage, we're going to fucking die. It's going to (laughs) be awesome. Hell yeah. Have you wrestled him yet? Yes. I took a pile driver on a flaming skull. And then Whoa. we, we uh, ripped the ring apart, and like he gave me like a one wing angel on the boards. Holy shit! Yeah, it was badass. It was an Alton. Isn't that tiny little? Uh, oh, it's Casey fucking Hall? yeah. Anarchy. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was cool. And then there was like a point uh, when we were trying to rip the canvas off. I told the green kids ahead of time. I was like, hey, whenever I point at you guys and tell you to get over here, come over here and help me get this fucking canvas off. Because <laughs> I did the spot with Gary J at like a different show. And it took me like forever. It took not as long as it took a fucking anarchy. And I had help, quote unquote. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I'm in the ring. I'm like, get over here. And they're all lined up against the wall, just staring at me. And I'm like, get the fuck over here. (laughs) And then I start taking the ring apart. And then they finally come over. And then they're like, I don't know what dipshit green kids did this, but they like tied some super tough knots in it. So we spent so fucking long (laughs) trying to get this thing off to where it like killed the momentum of the match. Uh, But we got him back because like obviously bumping on boards is fucking crazy. Yeah. Like just took a minute and it sucked that there was like that weird dip in there because of it. So green kids be ready to break down that ring at a fucking moment's (laughs) notice. We did uh, we did a spot similar to that at, freelance between when me and Castro were, were feuding mm-hmm. and we had a, a last man standing match. What year was that? I feel like I wasn't around, but I had done like one or two shows with you guys. That, around that time. I want to say 2016 maybe. Okay. Cause this is when we were at the chop shop. I don't know if you ever did any shows at the chop shop. That's the one with the big projector. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I didn't do that. One. I did the Abbey and then like the, um, 
that weird wherever you guys booked Janela at that one time. Oh, at the bottom lounge. Yeah, bottom lounge. And then, you know, uh, Logan Square. Yeah, Logan Logan Square. Square. I almost said Bourbon Street. I'm like, no, that's not right. <laughs> but we did, uh, we did that, and like, God, that was. I did the. I don't really regret things ever, like in matches. But like, this is the one match where I like regret taking a bump, where we were on the, we were fighting on the floor, and I go, I'm gonna. I was like, I'm like, I'm whispering to him, like, I'm gonna fucking power bomb you or mm. pretend to power bomb you. Just fucking flip me to the, like over you. Sounds easy. Yeah, so we, we do it and he does it and I like I push off of his back as I'm flipping. So I take like this big fucking flip bump on the concrete and just like land on my hip and I just immediately feel like electricity uh, on my leg and I was like, Oh, that was a mistake. That was immediately uh, a mistake. But we we did the finish of the match was similar where we're like, We're fucking killing each other, we can't do you know, we can't keep each other down. I took a fucking uh what the hell is it, a curb stomp into a tray of uh armed mouse traps oh, that was pretty fun that's that's but we did uh we ripped i start ripping the, the ring apart and i was like i'm gonna kill this guy and it, ended, and it ends up with castro giving me like an inverted vertebraker on the wood mm-hmm. and taking that bump on the wood i was like oh it's not that wasn't that bad but then like afterwards and then like yeah. the next day i was like oh I shit <laughs> i've taken superplexes on the bare boards uh took that one wing angel and like I think it just depends on how like the rings are constructed. Because mm-hmm. the Anarchy ring, I bounced like a motherfucker. But the <laughs> Zero One ring, it was like thud out. Oh. Uh, so, speaking of you taking weird bumps that looked like they sucked, <laughs> Spring Break last year, didn't you? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I was watching that live and I was like, oh no. Dude. Okay. So, I talked about that. Like actually, on another another podcast recently, and oh, yeah. I haven't really like told that story many times. But like, so the dude that was they the guy who did the spot with me was I forget I keep forgetting his name, but yeah, super, it, was, it was a Rana, right? It was well, it was supposed to be a Spanish fly. Okay, and so he got booked specifically because he did that spot in Canada where it was like a really pretty huge like Spanish fly off the top to the floor through like a table and shit. Oh yeah, I saw that video. And yeah, and he was like super fucking nice guy too. Like he was awesome. And but he was like really nervous about like doing it again. He was like fuck man, like they booked me to do this shit and he's like we did it that one time and I was like I thought I would never have to do this again. Oh god. And that's he was like a good sign. Yeah, and I was like dude, like and it's funny cuz when I was there, I kind of I don't know how 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 I weaseled my way into that match anyway, but uh, Julian Ethan Page is is um, the agent for the match, so he's just like mm. he's like, hey, we need someone to take this bump from this guy. He's and he asked me, he was like, do you would you want to do it? And I was just like, sure, why not? Because there's a million people in this match, and at least if I could do one thing that stands out, that's I mean, good. I remembered it, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he's like, cool, and like we planned the spot, and and he's just like. He's like, okay, like, and he, he had said, he's like, if so, for some reason I get up there and it's like a little weird, he's like, do you want to just do like, I was like, just give me like a, a straight suplex off the top. And then, cause we're, it wasn't even tables. It was like doors that were set up. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, the bump will suck either way, but like, at least it'll be safer. Mm-hmm. And so we, we go out there and like, right before I go out through the curtain, he's just like, uh, Julian's like, we're super short on time. So you kind of have to go straight to that spot. And I'm like, amazing. So I, I go, I slide into the ring. I get so fucked up by like no adrenaline going into it either. Zero. Uh. <laughs> and it's like, it's like two in the morning 
at this point. And oh, I remember I was driving home, <laughs> dude. <laughs> we had the little fucking live stream. Oh, on the TV, on, on, on the, the, the yeah, on the phone and uh, the dials in my car. You can just rest a phone right there. That's what I'm gonna <laughs> do on the way home tonight, dude. Hell yeah. TV. <laughs> but so we we go out there, and I had I had other things I had to do, mm-hmm. but I couldn't really do them. Like not not me doing stuff. I was bumping for other people, right? And uh, so I just I immediately just f- slid into the ring, and I got fucked off by the fake sting who was also a really good, nice guy. Oh, I'm sure. And uh, also trying to avoid uh, Necro Butcher because he was just like lighting people up. Oh, yeah. So I'm was. just like trying to hide and I just start climbing up and he comes up with me and I was like 100% like zero afraid to do this bump. I was just like, whatever. Fuck it. It doesn't like... So, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. No, go ahead. From like the outside looking in, to me, it doesn't seem like a crazy bump. Yeah. Like I would take that. Like that's fine. Cause I was like, as, as in my head, I was like, all I'm doing is a front flip. Mm-hmm. He's the one doing the the crazy here, the yeah, crazy part. I would be more scared to do a backflip while holding on to someone. Yeah. So we get up there, and he's like, we're like perched. I just immediately climb up, and he like I pull him up to me, and he's just, like, I'm like, you ready? And he's like, no. <laughs> I was like, okay, let's go. And then he like he, it was an accident. He like stepped up his leg, and he slipped like right away, mm-hmm. and we just tumble. And it looks like my head smacks off the apron That's as we come I down. Happened. I did too, because you see me like grab my head immediately because I thought I hit my head. Mm. But I was like, "Oh no, I'm fine, cool. Like I'm not dead. Like the only thing that hurt was I like healed the ground really hard, and like uh, I no. I was kind of like walking with a limp for a couple of days. And I guess like my, my shoulder, my right shoulder hit the ring apron. Mm. So like the next day, I like couldn't lift my arm up over my uh. head. But that was like I was like laying there. I'm like, oh cool. I'm like I'm okay. Then the the scariest thing of, of my life happened after that is I look up and it's just Chris Dickinson standing over me with like a broken piece of the door and no. just lifting it up and I'm just like because he was just like beating everybody up like right. and I just look up and I see him and I'm like oh shit so I just feed him my back and he just hits me across the back with it yeah and it like you know it hurts when you get slapped in the back from somebody oh, like yeah, it was sure. that feeling the entire area of my oh, back no. <laughs> so I'm just like oh shit and I'm like crawling out of the way like just trying to get out of the way now i'm like oh man so i had something similar to that happen um we had for jersey all pro we had best of the light heavyweights right this was like one of their last times doing it so i was like awesome this is gonna be a great match like the people they have in it it's like kind of stacked you know what i Mm -hmm. mean they had like uh uh homicide was in it um fucking Anthony Gangone was in it. Uh, there was a couple other people, but the fucking, so half the match though, we were on like fourth half. The match was on another show across town for some reason. I don't know why you double book yourself on this day, but then they started showing up. We had like five minutes to call the actual match. So it was not good. And then we go out to the ring and like we start doing spots or whatever. And like, they didn't really do a good job of pulling the trigger on this, but they were supposed to have like, Homicide be the surprise entrant because, you know, Jersey all pro and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Um, well, they did that. He got a pop coming out. Somebody messed up his bumping feed. And, like, I did all my shit fine. I remember this. I did all my shit fine. And then, like, I sold out and stayed down like I was supposed to. Somebody fucked up Homicide's bumping feed. So he grabbed a chair, started walking around and smacking the fuck out of people with it. Whenever he came over to me, he, like... Gave me the brother, brother hit more of the uh, the guardrail. And yeah, didn't, didn't touch me with the chair, and I, it was like boom, and I'm like, 
oh my oh. god i guess we're buddies oh thank <laughs> fucking god because <laughs> like i was like i didn't fuck up what are you killing me for bang right into the guardrail god <laughs> but i saw him fuck danny demonto up and like a couple other people he was just <laughs> not giving a fuck. <laughs> just wrapping the chair was, around him yeah he was just doing his own thing fuck and then uh you said necro and that made me think of this other time at jersey uh the hooligans had me, you know, they do the wheelbarrow DDT for mm-hmm. the finish, or they used to. And uh, they had me in that, and they wanted Mason on one side and uh, Necro on the other. So Mason punched me in the head, and then Necro punched me in the head, and then Mason punched me in the head, and Necro punched <laughs> Necro punched me twice and left four lumps on the back of my fucking head. Fuck. <laughs> Just straight so, throwing punches. It hurts so goddamn bad, and because of him, I'm not afraid to get punched anymore. Because <laughs> nobody's going to fucking hit me harder than that. Goddamn, that's scary. Dude. And it's funny because he's such a nice fucking dude, so too. So nice. Like him, I know he has his political opinions and all that shit, but, you know, everybody's opinionated. But him is like a person. He's nice and easygoing and easy to talk to. So, yeah. like, I don't have a problem with him. Um, unless he has a problem with you. <laughs> unless he has a problem with you. And if he has a problem with you, I might have a problem with you. What the hell did you do to Necro? Shit. But, no, he's got giant fucking hands you were smart to avoid them (laughs) yeah dude god i just remember people coming through the back like earlier in the match just like with bloody noses and shit they're just like fucking necro throwing real punches and shit like (laughs) i mean well you know why he does that because he's crazy he can't can't fucking see oh he's like he can't just like gauge the punches so he's just like you know what (laughs) hit the target every time jesus yeah (laughs) better make it look good we uh before that match where he fucking punched me in the head a bunch uh we were getting ready to go out there, and he's like, I did six hits of acid, I'm really drunk, I don't know where my driver is, and I gave him the rest of the acid. Oh, no. And then, let's go out there. And, the fucking, <laughs> and that's what we did, and Necro said how he, like, we were wrestling, and he would look up, and he'd see shit flying over the ring and stuff. God. <laughs> it's just so fucking weird. <laughs> I couldn't imagine, like wrestling on acid like that would be like no i've never done it so i couldn't even imagine like trying to do anything much less just like sit there yeah no i, I haven't either i just i'm like interested in in trying you know like hallucinogenics and stuff like that just like yeah obviously like I, like every other brain dead monkey on this earth like listening to joe rogan talk about it and <laughs> oh he, you it, too huh? it just yeah it just it sounds it sounds incredible and just like i've done like so much of my own research into it. And mm-hmm. like, I've, I don't know if you've seen that documentary on Netflix about it. Um, it's really cool. They have like, a, like it's all like celebrities that yeah. have done it and just like talking about their experiences and stuff. And I'm going to try it eventually. It's just like, I'm not worried about it right now. Just like I don't smoke weed right now, mm-hmm. but whenever I get older, I most definitely will because like everyone in my family smokes. So I'm like the odd one out for not smoking. But, <laughs> um, I know my body's going to hurt a lot more and it's probably going to be like, much harder for me to build a tolerance right away like yeah if i wait versus like if i just start now you know what i mean yeah no definitely i'm just waiting for pain that's it that's like it's funny because like i never i never smoked like ever in my yeah, life you were straight edge right i was yeah. in, until i was like 25 and then like i had my my first drink mm-hmm. at a at a wedding i did a shot of jameson whiskey because i was standing up in the wedding for right. coach joe for anybody else uh who knows him he's the leader of beta and freelance and he uh, he had me stand up in the wedding and, and I was like, dude, I can't I can't do it. You know, I don't drink. And he's like, it would mean a real a, a lot to me if you did. And he's always been like a second father to me. So I was like, all right, for you, I'll fucking do it. 
Yeah. And then after that, I was kind of just like, because I, I had already been like thinking about like, oh, like, am I like doing this whole straight edge thing for the wrong reasons? Like I, like I really, really only ever did it when I was younger because like, honestly, Punk was my favorite fucking wrestler. Mm-hmm. And like as a kid growing up, I was like, this dude's a wrestler and, he, and like I don't drink or do drugs like he doesn't either. So, I mean, I guess I'm straight edge like. I know a lot of people don't like to admit that, like that punk was their introduction to that. Yeah, but oh, for sure. It was for me too. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, for the longest time I never did. And then I, I started drinking a little bit and then trying like weed for the first time. I was like, okay, well I, I like, I don't know if I want to do this or not, but like I was like, like you said, because of like the pain stuff, I was like, well, let's see if it works. Mm. And it, and it did. And I was like, yeah. Oh, this is great. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. What were we holding out on? Yeah, shit. And it's funny because like I talked I talk to my mom about it a lot. And not a lot, but sometimes it comes up in conversation. And she's always just like, she's like, oh, like she's like, it's awesome that you waited like until you were like an adult really to kind of like mm-hmm. do th- get into things like that. Because like she's like, I never had to worry about you as a kid because... She's like, the worst I had to worry about you was like breaking your neck doing backyard wrestling. But like, (laughs) now, like, she's like, I didn't have to worry about you coming home drunk or anything like that. And she's like, now at least you you kind of like, you know, understand like limitations and stuff for the most part. No, for sure. (laughs) Like, I think just in general, um, they say our brains don't really fully develop until we're like 25. And I don't know about you. I didn't feel like an actual adult until I was like 24, 25. (laughs) I still don't. Uh Oh. (laughs) No, I feel like I have, I, definitely have my shit together now, like within the past two or three years. And like my fiance definitely noticed it too. But just in general, like they say your brain's not done developing until then anyway. So like, it's probably not a good idea to smoke all the fucking time. Like you can do it recreationally here and there, but like, I don't think like there's some people to where they just like, from the moment they wake up to the moment they go to bed, they're just like one hair, one hair, one hair, bull rip, fucking, you know, yeah. nonstop. And it's like, how are you doing this? How do you function in real life? Right. God. Oh, I, so there's something I did want to ask you. And I, I'm sure you've probably had this question a billion times, but the whole AEW thing. like, oh, okay. I thought this was going to be a turnbuckle question. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> we, we all know that story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it was like, so with that whole thing happening, like, it was like, super fucking cool to see like you somebody like you who's been like busting your ass for fucking years Mm. and finally getting like to the point on the independence where you're like a fucking guy and for the internet to kind of be like yo put this guy on tv put this guy on tv put this guy on tv so much that they're just like fuck it let's do it that shit never fucking happens like ever no and like to see it happen, especially to somebody like that, I that's fucking awesome, like you. Well, thanks. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, like like people like my friends, like I love seeing like my friends like get into those spots like that because it's like people that deserve it. And so I, I kind of want to just like ask, I guess, like like what were your like mind? What was your mindset kind of going into that and like before, during, and after? So he, Cody, originally said that it was like an open challenge for anyone. Right. Mm-hmm. And so obviously every indie guy was like, I'll do it. I'll take the reins on this. Cody, ask no more. And like, there's a lot of them. Everybody did. But whenever Cody said that, a couple fans started tweeting at him and were like, Hey, we want to see you versus Warhorse. He seems like he's doing well. You know what I mean? And like, I got really popular in a very short amount of time, like from july of last year to december of last year i went from um 
3,500 followers to 10,000. Damn. And that 3,500 came from like five or six years of like actual, you know, head drops and fucking yeah, dumb fucking shit. Grinding. Yeah, like trying super hard. And then I started doing this and I went from 3,500 to 10,000. Then from January to like, I would say the middle of the pandemic, whatever that would be, uh, I guess March or April yeah. or something. Uh, I got to almost 20,000. Damn. And that, that was just insane because like there's no wrestling going on. Well, around that time, Cody said he was going to defend the title every week. And, you know, he wanted to invite people that were not company people. I assume that just meant NWA people because yeah. they do have a strong relationship. And which is great. Like, um, I'm happy that they just opened the doors for people that are outside the company in general. Yeah. But people started tagging me and stuff every every time they would bring up who do you want to see in the open challenge who do you want to see and then they would tag me well one time they kind of made like a vague tweet they were like this is going to be an independent wrestler guy so i just quote tweeted it with like a picture of me like sitting in a trash can or something <laughs> and and then everybody was like oh shit it's warhorse and then like it grew from there and every time somebody tweeted something i would just quote tweet it with like a picture i wouldn't <laughs> i wouldn't say it's me i wouldn't say like let's do this thing i wouldn't say step up i didn't say anything i just leaned into what people were saying just a little bit yeah and they went fucking nuts and then like they were like asking for it nonstop every week um like the fans were that were like supporting me in this and like any wrestler that was in my position probably would have done the same thing because oh, like, yeah. how do, why would you not lean into this? 100%. It's fucking awesome. And then, so I started leaning into it and then I guess I'll tell like the whole, my side of the story, like what happened for me because I started asking around and I'm like, Hey, um, I would ask like orange Cassidy and Ethan page. would be like, Hey, you don't think they're going to get pissed? Like thinking I'm trying to shoot my own angles. Do you? Cause that it would, it is kind of like, it started to kind of come off that way to me, just the way that fans were biting into it so fucking hard that I was like, you know, it sucks. Like nobody's reached out to me and there's like this kind of, <laughs> it's a lot of buzz. My, yeah. There's a lot of buzz for something that like, there's no payoff set up, you know what I mean? And then, um, eventually one day, uh, Ethan page messaged me who's Ethan's the fucking man, by the way, I love but, him. He goes, hey, Cody texted me asking me about you. Uh, I put you over to him. Here's his number. You should text him. And I'm like, okay, don't fucking <laughs> twist my arm about it or nothing. But I was like so nervous to text him because I was like, I, I, the one or two times we met, there's no way he remembers me from any of this shit. Like, I don't know how to start a conversation in general. Like, so I just messaged Dan House and I was like, hey, help me figure this out. <laughs> and so he helped me. And then I sent Cody a message. We talked a little bit and he's like, or I sent him a text and then he sent dude dot, dot, dot. And, and that was the text. And I was oh, like, Oh shit. Oh, fuck. <laughs> he goes, my mentions are blowing up. Like, do you want to have this match? What's your contact situation? And I, thought, I thought about fucking with him. Oh like, my God. Right at that moment. Cause I was like, not convinced that it wasn't a rib too. And I was like, if this is a rib, this is amazing. <laughs> but I fucking thought about texting him back. Yeah, I got a contract. I don't know why I did this. I just do things. Uh, <laughs> just to fuck with them. But uh, no, we set, he sent me that. We started getting a date arranged. And then like, I still, I didn't change anything. I just kept doing what I was doing. Because like, you know, if you got a good thing, why 
change it. It's yeah. Not, it's not like anybody needed to know that he hit me up. It's mm-hmm. not like anybody needed to know that like the match was or wasn't going to happen. So I just kept doing what I was doing. And then eventually they had, uh, Arn Anderson drop my name in that interview, like yeah. at the very end. And like my family is very much like old school NWA, like wrestling at the chase, fucking Dallas territory, all shit like that. So they know who fucking Arn Anderson is. Hell like yeah. they, my uncle like grew up on the four horsemen and shit like that. So like everyone in my family lost their shit when Arn said my name at the end of that video and fucking, uh, ooh, I have another good story to tell you whenever <laughs> we get to the actual like night of the stuff. But, uh, yeah, Arn said my name in the video. Uh, they sent it to me beforehand, like a couple hours before they dropped it. And I was like, this is fucking really cool. I Hell hope yeah. everybody thinks this is cool as I do. Dude. And then they did <laughs> fucking, I got so many messages that day and like people were losing <laughs> their shit. And I felt bad for Sonny because like Sonny's awesome and I love Sonny to death. And like, they just kind of had that whole thing for Sonny. And then like the end of the, Oh was, yeah. Like, my thing. So I was like, Oh, that kind of, Hopefully they didn't telegraph that Sonny wasn't winning the belt. You know what I mean? But, you know, it's that it's their business and they wanted to do it that way. So, like, who the fuck am I? I'm not going to tell them what to do or what not to do. But, uh, I mean, other than, like, book me. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> I, do I, that I, thing. Yeah, do that. <laughs> no. But uh, a couple more weeks went by and then they announced the match. And then, like, my mentions were fucking crazy. And I, got, I went from, like, 20,000 to... Like before that, when they announced the match, I had just hit like 20,000 followers or so because the fucking people saying we want Warhorse on TV got me a lot of momentum. From then to the time we had the match, I got like another 7,000. Jesus. Yeah, it was fucking crazy. Like my follower account, I try not to keep track of it. Like it's cool to see how much people really want to pay attention to your shit, but also it is just a number. Yeah. You know what I mean? But there's no way to track your. Um, there's no way to measure over, you know what I mean? But yeah. there, there is a way to like look at that, and that has to be some sort of factor into it. You oh, know absolutely. What I mean? It definitely so has. Like, or at least recognition or something. And that's the only reason I keep track of it. But um, going into the match, like I show up um, that night, get like settled in, talk to Cody. They, they had like a booking meeting that they just finished up. But me and Cody are like start kind of going over a couple things, and he's like, "I like planning it the day before because he has a lot of shit that he has to do the next day." And I'm like, "Okay, yeah, that's fine because I have a bunch of ideas that I thought of like for fucking ever ago." Yeah. uh, And I didn't want to do like a match that, you know, I didn't want to like drop the vice president of the company on his head. Sure. Was like my biggest number one concern, and I was like, I'd rather just have like a really really good match with him, so that's like solid and nobody can like tear apart. Versus, like, try to kill it and then, like, end up either fucking up on national TV or, like, fucking him up or something. That was, like, my biggest concern. I just wanted to have something solid. So I start pitching ideas, and it's weird sitting there because constantly people are coming in and out talking to him. So I heard so many fucking booking ideas within, like, this small amount of time (laughs) that, like... I knew their next month of TV basically like by the time, by the time the, the match actually happened and was over because of how many people were coming in and out the, the day before. And then like before the match to try and figure out structure for like the next couple weeks, I heard so many fucking booking. <laughs> and I was like, I can't tell anybody any of this shit. Like I, Tammy started getting mad at me because like, she was like, did you look at this? Uh, such and such just one. And I'd be like, yeah, I knew that was going to happen. She's like, why don't you fucking tell me? And she hit me. <laughs> getting all angry yeah. and stuff. But uh, 
So this is the story I wanted to tell you because uh, two nights before I left to go to Florida for the show, uh, Danhausen called me and he's like, hey, I have an idea for a promo. I'm going to leave my paint on. You don't have to put paint on. And I'm like, oh, that's great. I don't want to put paint on. So yeah, <laughs> he's like, I'm going to call you and give you advice. And I don't know if you saw it. Do you know what I'm talking about? I I don't know. I don't think I had. I don't think I saw this. So one. he called me and he's like, you need to go up. As soon as the bell rings, go up and punch Corey in the groin. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And then then he's like, well, well, Arm Anderson, punch him in the groin. (laughs) (laughs) And he said this shit, right? And the video got like 30,000 views or something. It did really good as far as like indie wrestling videos go. Yeah. And uh, I get there like the day of and Arn finally walks in. And uh, it's fucking cool because it's fucking Arn Anderson. Anderson. You know what I mean? It's like Arn Anderson... And then Cody's sitting there and Jerry Lynn's our agent. And I'm like, there's so much fucking cool shit in this room right now. <laughs> but uh, Arn Anderson like pitches this idea. He goes, hey, I saw that video that Danhausen was it? Yeah, he put that out. He's fucking funny. I love, <laughs> I love your guy's shit. And then he starts pitching this spot where he's like, what if you try to kick me in the dick and I block it? And I'm like, what? <laughs> And then he goes, uh, he goes, yeah, me and me and Haku used to try and kick each other in the nuts and we'd block <laughs> it. And one time he didn't block it and I kicked him in the nuts and I left the room because he was damn. mad. And I was like, yeah, I guess I would fucking leave the room too if I kicked Haku in the nuts. Shit. But uh, no, he pitched that and I was like, okay, yeah, I don't care. We can do that. That's, you, you know, you're, you're the vet. If yeah. You good. But then like I thought about it and I came back to him and I'm like, that video only has like 30,000 views and you guys on average get like 800,000 viewers. So I don't think people are going to know what's going on, especially like commentary team. Cause like, it's not like that video was released by AEW. Or right. Is in Dan Housen's doing ring of honor stuff right now anyway. So like, who knows what that situation is, but like, I don't want to jumble a bunch of shit up. So I was like, I don't think it necessarily makes sense. And he's like, okay. And then, uh, so we didn't do the spot. But I talked to my buddy, uh, Alex Herzog, Rudolph, Mm -hmm. um, talked to him like a few days later and he goes, you fucking vetted Arn Anderson. I'm like, no, I didn't. And I was like, oh shit, I think I did. Oh God, I'm such a fucking asshole. He's like, yes, sir. Yeah. (laughs) Don't fucking say that. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I I thought that was cool that like, it it was also during a time whenever uh, Eric Stevens was trying to work that thing where he's like a wrestler's wrestler and like gimmick wrestlers should fuck off. Yeah. And like that kind of fell apart at the seams but that was during the middle of that and i thought it was fucking hilarious because like certain wrestlers were kind of starting to get on the bandwagon of that and like not knowing that it was like a work yeah it was very annoying to see that it was annoying to see that but then like it was funny seeing arn anderson going i love your guys shit and he's like the wrestlers wrestler the most wrestlers wrestler yeah and he's like you you guys are great that shit was awesome (laughs) it's like yeah fuck you guys see and that goes back to what we were talking about originally about like being like well-rounded and and not having to be just one thing you can do both yeah you can do all sorts of shit like arn did like weird comedy spots granted they were like in match and like made sense to the situation a little more than what like most people apply their stuff to but he still did comedy shit that shit was funny (laughs) hell yeah god that's so funny like um you talk about like especially with like the the building of followers from from doing the show and like prior Mm -hmm. to it as well when uh when i was 
picked to wrestle Cody when they were here in Chicago. Which was very cool, by the way. Dude. <laughs> Dude, dot, dot, dot. Um, <laughs> the, so, like, it's funny, like, people, like, talk about that. And I'm just like, for me, I was like, okay, that was, like, really, that was cool. It was a cool moment. But, like, like I wasn't like, oh, this is my time. This is this is going to be my, my big break or I'm right. getting a sign or anything. I was like, dude, I was literally there to do extra work. I didn't expect to do anything. And then they were just like, hey, do you want to do this? And I was like, I thought it was a rib. And I'm like, yeah, sure, I guess. And then like <laughs> Cody was just like super cool. And he's just like, he's like, it's literally going to be this, 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 and this. Are you cool with that? And I was like, 100%. Easiest match I'll ever have in my life. Right. And I remember like, he was like talking to me before we went out there. He's like, uh, he's like, is you nervous at all? And I was like, no, nah, not really. He's like, this is the biggest crowd you ever wrestled in front of. And I'm like, this would be the biggest crowd I ever wrestle in front of. Like, <laughs> so he started laughing and I'm just like, honestly though, like when I take my glasses off, I was like, I can't see past the ropes anyway. So like first couple rows look good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that was, that was funny. And like, it, like after that, my, my Twitter followers like, I got like at least 2000 out oh, of that, yeah. yep. which I was like, holy shit. Like, that's cool. Mm-hmm. It was funny to read through all the, the comments and stuff. Cause at least for like, for your shit, I th- I'm sure it was like a lot of people like being like, hell yeah, this is great. But there was definitely people that were like, Oh, this fucking guy. Like yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I was dying laughing, just reading through the comments of people like shitting on like me being on the show. Mm-hmm. Cause they're just like, who the fuck's this guy This fucking like purple jerk or whatever. It just, it was like, hilarious. Cause you know, they just people shitting on shit for the so, sake of doing it. My shit wasn't so bad the night of, the night after, and even the, until like midday Friday. Because a certain cornet released a podcast shitting Ooh. on me. And like he didn't say anything that I didn't know he was going to say. Like, honestly, like I know that I should. I wish I was bigger too, Jim. I wish I was <laughs> taller. I wish I had more muscles and I've been trying to work on it for years. So I understand where like the criticisms come from. He didn't really say anything that I disagreed with, but like Andy liked my elbow drop. So that was cool. But fucking <laughs> all these people came out of the woodworks after he released his podcast. Like they were just waiting for his opinion to get theirs. And yeah. then they had an opinion on the match. And then some people that listen to his podcast don't watch the fucking product. So they didn't even see the match. So they're just going by what he said and just yeah. shitting on it. And like, it's fine for him to shit on it. He's been in the business forever. And like, now he's not booking anything. And he's kind of in like a weird spot where like, you know, the NWA tried to like get rid of him and shit like that. Yeah. But he's still like, he's seen a lot of good wrestling. He's seen a lot of bad wrestling. So I can't discredit his opinion as like harshly as I want to. Sure. But also at the same time, like, he fell out of a fucking scaffold and interviewed a robot. Like, <laughs> and he's he talks about protecting the business on a podcast that exposes the business. Like, how fucking hypocritical yeah. is that? Like, I don't, I don't hate Jim Cornette. I think he has like some good advice and opinions. And like, you know, if you're like year one or year two in wrestling, like, it's like probably a good idea to listen to that to at least get a general idea of what's good and what's bad. But. You know, if you're just waiting for his shit to form your own opinion, like that's stupid. Yeah, I talk, I've, because a lot of people obviously love just dogpiling on him all the time, just mm-hmm. to be like, fuck this guy. But like, I like, I share the same sentiment. Like, he is a wealth of knowledge when it comes mm-hmm. to wrestling. Like, he's like a, a walking museum. Dude, for sure. And it's like, you remember when Billy Robinson passed away? When I don't remember exactly when. Uh, this was like four or five years ago. 
But he had so much fucking just catch wrestling knowledge and just like traveled the world and was like one of the last like fucking actual wrestlers wrestler who was like a shooter but just so happened to like do pro wrestling. Well, I don't think about like how bad it sucks that he passed away because it does, it does, it's, you know, loss of human life fucking sucks. Yeah. But just like the amount of shit that he knew that is just fucking gone. gone. Yeah. And like that's going to happen with Cornette and it sucks that everybody's burying him right now and shit. And like for good reason, like everybody has a good reason why they're doing that. It, it just sucks in general because he knows all this shit. He's been around all these people and he has like a lot of stories, knowledge and shit that like we may never get to hear because the right people won't be able to ask the question because they're just like, fuck that guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's, it just sucks. Like, I'm not trying to like go to bat for this fucking guy. He called me whorehouse. Whorehouse. (laughs) Yeah. Which also (laughs) is not even original. I've heard so many people call me that. So like, like I said, he didn't say anything that I didn't already fucking Also, it's like not even a good insult really. I don't know. It's probably (laughs) clever for him, I guess, but fucking, he said some, he's just said too much dumb shit. Yeah. That's just like, come on, man. You're, you, you could be better than this, but yeah. you choose to not be. Yeah, I have weird opinions on his shit. I'll listen to his podcast every once in a while just because, like, I do like hearing, like, the other side of things as far as, like, someone who's from that style of wrestling, what yeah. they think about, like, current stuff. But also, in general, like, that's still a small portion of the audience because he's bitching about, like, TV numbers and shit like that. And it's yeah. Like, I don't even have fucking cable. Like, <laughs> nobody knows what that shit nobody, means. Yeah. Like ratings aren't that big a fucking deal anymore. Like even if you get like a million people watching awesome, but like, I don't know 10 people in my family that all have cable. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like maybe two of them. Yeah. I mean, I don't like, I don't have cable either. Like right. most people just stream shit now or like, you know, I use I watch I watch live television through fucking Hulu. Like that's yeah. that's how I do it, but don't tell anybody, but one time I was watching AEW through a Spanish port on fucking <laughs> Facebook. It was a live stream. <laughs> I don't know how I found it, but that was, was it like, in Spanish or just regular? It was regular, but like all the uh, comments and shit were in Spanish and I'm like I don't know how I found this, but this is the most pirated shit I've ever been a part of. But it took me like 10 minutes of just like AEW live stream. And then like in Mexico, I guess like the copyright laws are looser down there or something. Oh, there's there's no laws basically. It's fucking awesome. (laughs) You know, you've been there. Oh yeah, dude. It's crazy. That's why fucking La Parca was using Thriller as entrance music and shit like that. God. Um, So last thing I want to ask you before we jump into the questions and stuff. Um, you are the current reigning and defending IWTV television cha- independent champion, not television champion. Yeah. Well, I mean, independent television, universal champion of uh, independent wrestling. Yep, the whole thing, all of it. <laughs> uh, how cool has that been? Like, kind of just picking up the 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 mantle of this and being the face of of IWTV, which has grown like so much in the last like year. It has grown so much. And I try to treat it like a territorial championship. Like, you know how like Flair treated the world title back mm-hmm. in the day, which some companies that I go to treat their areas like territories. And I think that's the right mindset, especially in today's like landscape as far as wrestling goes. But uh, some people don't. So they, they'll book me and they know that like I'm bringing the belt and that'll get views on their show, but they don't like use it. They'll have me like second match or some shit like that, which I don't have a problem with. It's just like, why would you book 
me with the belt if you're just like doing a five minute thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just kind of weird. But, you know, I don't mind only doing five minutes worth of shit. It's Hell just, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, I don't know. It just seems kind of weird sometimes. But I don't think people really took me serious as champion until I started like racking up the wins. Yeah. And the cool thing was. I already had the connections with most of the places I wrestled for in the first place. And like the places that I've defended the title at, it wasn't until like around 25 or so that I started getting uh, different companies hitting me up to defend the title. But I was already like making my rounds and had a full schedule. It just so happened everybody that I was working for, like you guys, uh, freelance sup uh, down in Tennessee, black label, St. Louis anarchy, all those places were already on, IWTV. So yeah. it was a really easy sell to like, it's like, Hey, can I defend the title? And they're like, of course, like, why wouldn't you? And then I did that. I started defending it. Now I fucking broke the record, like within three months for <laughs> most title defenses. And then I've have the longest reign. I think it's a year. It's about to pass a year. I won it last September and like, we're almost to October. So I'm pretty sure I forgot what day I won it, but <laughs> I've had had the longest reign, most defenses, most opponents. Uh, I'm the first person to defend it internationally. I've defended it in Canada twice. Oh, sick! And um, I was supposed to defend it over in England, but you know, pandemic. The happened. shit went yeah. down. Shit hit the fan for sure. But <laughs> most states, all the whatever record you can think of, I probably hold it as far as that belt goes. Goddamn, fucking breaking records, breaking necks. Every day I wake up's a new record. Uh, <laughs> new record most days alive. Yep. Um, cool. Let's jump into like these questions too. There's a decent amount of them. Hopefully, we can get all of them. Sometimes it's weird because like I'll put this out there for people to be like, "Yo, we got this person on. Throw us some questions and shit." Not that like I rely heavily on that, right? But a lot of times, like I'll do that and I'll get like nothing. Hey, I did retweet it, right? Uh, I think you did. Okay. Probably. Uh, but it's, it's totally fine because like, it's usually just to kind of like fill time at the end. If like sometimes when I'm recording with somebody, they d- they just don't have a lot to say. Right. But like I knew we would have like a bunch to talk about. Right. Well, we've known each other like good seven years. Yeah. I think like almost damn near because I've been wrestling for like 10 years. I don't right. know how long you've been. I When I was going to Galley and we first met at Galley, I was only like seven years in. Oh shit! Or, no, I was only seven was years. Just, God yeah, damn! Seven years in, I was just like seven matches in. Sorry. Oh shit, dude! Yeah, it's so funny because like the other day I was like scrolling through like all my like YouTube uh, shit that I have like favorited on my account, and I'm like, oh, I forgot about these ma- these videos or matches and whatever. Yeah. And one of the matches on there is me and Castro versus you and Dave Vaughn. Dave Vaughn. Oh my god! Wow. I think that might have been the day we met. Or close we, to it. It was definitely our first like interaction in ring and actually like you know talking talking, but I think we met either proving ground or like a galley show before then, and uh, I always thought you guys were fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I, you, you <laughs> were, and I was like, these guys are the fucking Chicago tag team. This is great. And, and, then, and then we died. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you go and do that for? Yeah, it happens. Uh, Death happens. Oh, I know. Where's Dave Vaughn? <laughs> God. Oh, man. Okay, let's jump into these questions. <laughs> uh, at stand underscore up on Twitter asks, 
Can you ask him how much Cody had to pay him under the table for Warhorse to not rule his ass? Dude, I'm not. I don't want to go into how much my payday was, but it was fucking great. I felt so good. I never felt like more of a wrestler than I did whenever they were like, we're going to give you this amount. I was like, whoa, holy <laughs> shit. It's like, whoa, you could actually like make money doing this? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I was like, from December, I got laid off in December uh, from my glass job. And that was at a time where I was like, I need to lose this fucking job. And then they were like, hey, we're going to lay you off. I was like, all right, cool. From December until like, well, I guess now. I've been making a living off of this. Hell yeah. Yeah, I haven't had to get a shoot job or anything. Don't tell the tax man. But I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I am stand I have a strong stance towards no taxes, so Hell yeah. <laughs> um Me too right now. Hell yeah. Uh at Deathmatch J on Twitter asks if you could wake up tomorrow having gained one ability or sorry, one quality or an ability, what would it be? I wish I had the ability to know whenever I'm 60 years old, my neck is not going to fall apart. That's my, a, my neck is already falling apart from all of this. Oh, from the head banging? From the head banging. So oh, shit. <laughs> I had a fucking tight trap muscle for like three months and then pandemic happened and it finally like chilled out and like had enough time to relax. But it was like <laughs> three nights a week swinging my fucking head around like multiple times a day. God, I can only imagine like the the toll that's taking. Like, it's, that, oh, never thought about it until you just brought it yeah, up. Oh, my neck is like sounds like bubble wrap sometimes. Ooh, it's just not not good. <laughs> Chiropractors love me. Um, friends of the show, two heels and a face podcast. They have a couple questions. Uh, favorite Sting match. Favorite Sting match. Ooh, dude, Clash of the Champions, Sting versus Flair. So fucking right. good. That was the one that set. That like, they ran against Mania then? No, no. They ran against some Fed thing. It was was like, that in Chicago? I don't think so. Maybe not. Maybe it could have been. They did a lot of Chicago shit during that time. Yeah, but that was like the match that made Sting a star and like a household name because he almost won the belt. That match was so fucking good, especially whenever anytime Sting does an on the fly dive. Oh jeez, <laughs> just so good. <laughs> Uh, they also ask, why is Sting the greatest of all time? Do I really have to go in depth on that? Because it should be pretty obvious. He's a man called Sting. He does this, he does that. <laughs> and he hits people with a bat. <laughs> no, that's his song. You don't know this Sting's intro song? No. Oh, the, is man that the OG Sting? Yeah. Uh, He's a man called Sting. <laughs> We'll listen to it later. Does it really say he I does this, he does that? Yeah, and then it's as like as big as a or as strong as a bull and as quick as a cat. Oh god, that's it's, so it's, good. It's, it's fucking <laughs> Dr. Seuss nursery rhymes, dude. God. It's crazy. That reminds me of that Macho Man song. Which one? The, it's like the It's like Be a Man Hulk. No, not the Be a Man. <laughs> that one's a that's a classic. But it's just like it's the Macho Man. It's like, it's, I don't know that He gets one. the party shaking. We're going to exchange goddamn. shitty old songs. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I think it's on the WrestleMania album. I could, I'll have to find it for you, though. Um, they also ask, what factor has contributed to your most recent success? Well, I started doing the Scorpion Deathlock. Hell yeah. That has to be it. <laughs> well, uh, I did start doing the elbow drop too, which yeah. made a huge difference because I've been doing that elbow drop the same way since I was like 12. Because fucking Shawn Michaels. Hell you yeah. Know? But 
I just did it one day. I was like, I feel like dropping an elbow. And I did it. And somebody was like, that was the best thing you did that whole match. I was like, <laughs> you know what? You're right. And then I fucking started doing that. And now it's a finish and all sorts of cool shit. Dude, I, I'm such a sucker for elbow drops. Like, I, I always love them. I love it in today's modern wrestling landscape because I did it the other week at Black Label. And it was the finish. And, like, Kevin Koo came up to me and he's like, I can't believe you used elbow drop as a finish. That was fucking awesome. Hell like, yeah. Like, yeah, because everybody buries it. So, like, it means something when I fucking drop it. You know what I mean? Dude, that's I, I have that same mentality, too, as far as, like, because people ask me, like, what like what do you use for a finish? And I go, I don't know, whatever I win with. Mm-hmm. If I win, you know, like, I, I never really had, like, a finisher because everything I would try to do, yeah. somebody else would just be would start doing it. And right. then I just be like, well, I don't want to do that anymore because that person does it and they do it better. So no, for sure. I want to start trying to get over a fucking backslide as my finish. That's it. I'm going to start doing a backslide. <laughs> <laughs> I figured out the missing piece. Thank you. It's good. <laughs> no fucking. I started doing, I had the double stomp for the longest time and mm-hmm. then I started doing the elbow drop and then I was like, man, I need a submission finish. So I started doing the scorpion death lock, which I have to tell people it's the sharpshooter because these fucking uh, you know, these fucking turbo virgins don't know what a goddamn sting <laughs> is and what he did. But you know, anyways, like I have three moves that I can use to finish a match now. And it is so convenient because I can get, you know, they can kick out a one or the other and it's just, the crowd's just like, Whoa, wait a minute. I thought that was the finish. <laughs> it's just so convenient. I know why Hayabusa had like eight fucking hot moves that could finish anyone at any time. It makes so much more sense. Hell yeah. Uh, this question is, uh, well, it's this the same question is asked by two people uh, from Two Heels in a Face podcast and from the PWT cast. Uh, they ask, what happened to the lost city of Atlantis? That's none of your damn business. <laughs> it's lost. It's in the same spot that you put people who ask too many questions. Damn right. Damn right. Under the water. Keep their mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and our last question is from uh, somebody you might be familiar with. Uh, at Tam Tam Bigelow on Who? Twitter. Who's that? Yeah, some some somebody. Uh, Is that she loved... a babe? I bet she's a babe. She, she sounds like a babe. She may have babe-like qualities. <laughs> uh, she asks, uh, "How did he manage to keep such a babe like Tam Tam Bigelow?" Uh, no idea. She should have left a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> He's a doofus. <laughs> so I proposed to her in December. We still got to shoot our fucking engagement pictures. Like we are so behind on everything. Like. We're supposed to get married next May, and we're going to do like May 15th, and we're going to get married in Vegas. Oh, hell yeah. I proposed in Times Square, which sounds romantic, except you got to realize like it was December, so it was cold and fucking raining, and it was like the day before New Year's, so they had everything like, they had like gates everywhere and they had everybody herded like cattle. So there was no good spot to do it. Uh. And I originally wanted to do it at the uh, park. Central mm-hmm. Park because they were going to have like Christmas lights and all sorts of neat shit up and like, you know, the ice rink. It was fucking raining and it was miserable and we were pissed. Cold rain. We were pissed the entire day and then we went and ate at like the Tonight Show's diner that's in the main lobby. We ate at like the pizza place and like we had food on our stomach so we were like, okay, we're in a better mood now. We were getting ready to leave and I'm like, no, we need to go back to Times Square and she's like, why? Why, do we, why would we do that? I'm like, just come on. And like, I start going, Tammy, there's something I wanted to ask you. And I go to get down on one knee and she goes, 
did you get me Broadway tickets to Beetlejuice? I'm like, no, I didn't get you fucking Broadway tickets. And she goes, oh. And then I pull out the ring and then she's like, oh. And then she starts to cry and freaks out. And I'm like, fucking Beetlejuice. That's how I'm going to remember this goddamn engagement. That's amazing. Yeah, she had no fucking idea. It was oh. great. And then I felt like an asshole because I had my leather jacket, right? And like multiple times that trip, I had... Like the ring was in my jacket the entire time. Oh, multiple times that trip, it was cold, and I really wanted to give her my jacket. And then she was like, "I'm cold," and I was like, "That sucks." Yeah, like, you can't. I couldn't. It was like I felt like such an asshole because I wanted to give her my coat so that way she could warm up. But the ring's in there, and she yeah. fucking feel it. Like if it hit me in the chest every time I close my jacket, and it's like I can't. Sorry, babe. Sorry. Shit out of luck. It's like, it sucks that you're cold, but I'm also yeah. cold. So I'm cold, and I have a surprise for you. <laughs> And it's not Beetlejuice. Right. It's not. Not even close. Tim God. Burton can suck it. <laughs> uh, so usually at the end here, I kind of open it up for you to, to promote, plug, put anything else you want out here. So the floor is yours, my friend. Um, I'm on stuff. No, I got uh, <laughs> on Twitter at JP Warhorse, on Instagram at JP Warhorse, on Facebook they give you a thing on Facebook to where you can like put a handle. I don't know where or what or how, but you can find me there on at JP Warhorse, conveniently enough. Uh, I just started a cameo like two weeks ago. Oh, sick. And so Dan Housen gave me his like creator code thing. So my cameos are 20. I get 15 of it and then uh, Patreon gets five. But instead of Patreon getting five because I use Danhausen's code, Danhausen gets a dollar for every one that I cut and the cameo oh, no shit. gets four. Yeah, so Danhausen gets a cut every time I get a cameo. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd rather do that than like, you know, nobody get any extra things. Yeah, yeah. But, so I'm on cameo if you want to support me and kind of Danhausen, you can do that. <laughs> uh, I also have a Patreon, which I do workout videos, uh, Q and A's. Uh, I do DIY videos. I just did this video where I showed you how to make like a wall of metal studs. Oh, sick. I saw this. Uh, it was like the, I was looking up kiss merch the other night because I was like, man, what kind of merchandise can I do that would look cool and like different? What were they put, like? They have like kiss caskets and fucking kiss <laughs> condoms and stuff. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to do that. Definitely a casket though. in the future. Yeah. In the future, whenever I'm on like SNL and like hosting fucking you know, ridiculousness and stuff. But uh, anyways, I was looking and I saw pictures from like their Unmasked tour in 1980 and they had like metal studs on their drum riser. I was like, I can fucking make that. That can't be that hard. So I just started folding origami pyramids and like taped them to this poster board and spray painted it. And it looks like a fucking wall of metal stuff. Here, I'll show you. Hell yeah. I'll show show you. And then if you guys want to see it, you got to go on my Patreon. Hell yeah. You got to pay for that shit. Yeah. But other than that, I think it's just patreon.com slash warhorse rules ass. And yeah, see, that's how it turned out. Oh, dude, that looks pretty sweet. Yeah. Don't touch it. It's spiky. No, don't touch it. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, other than that, I think that's everything. Hell yeah. Well, uh, dude, thank you again for doing this. I know you're a busy, busy man. Kind of. Sometimes. Sometimes. I don't like doing them over the phone. It's like, it's so, it's been weird. I don't like doing them over the phone either, mm-hmm. but like during the pandemic, like I've been doing, I had been doing a lot of them through Skype mm-hmm. and it was like, kind of like cool. Like just talk, like, you know, I'd have my computer set up 
and like I were talking through, you know, just talking talking to somebody face to face, but it's like through a computer screen. Mm-hmm. It was a little weird at first, but it it was kind of cool to be able to like do interviews with like Carlos Romo, like over in oh I think yeah. he's in Spain I, now. I like, like Carlos a lot. Love Carlos, he's a cool dude. And uh, yeah, it was just like a way to keep in contact with people. But I get like I mean we're close ish enough to where like in oh, person yeah. one is not too hard to and do. Plus I like. I had that show last night and they had me a hotel anyway. So like, why wouldn't I stop in and do this? Cause Hell yeah. I don't, like I said, I don't like doing them over the phone. Uh, I'd rather do them in person. And also like we're friends. So why wouldn't I come do it? You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, I don't like doing it for just, just anybody and everybody. I feel bad for everybody. Cause my, at least five times a week, I'll get people emailing me about doing their podcast or some shit. Like that. And it's like, just, I'm not doing it, <laughs> but we're friends. So that's cool. And then like, Theirs is right next door, and I know they've hit me up about doing theirs. So, yeah. So that'll, you know, that's easy peasy. We can go do that one. But, yeah, make sure you guys check out the PWT cast uh, for another awesome interview yeah, with Warhorse. I don't know if I'm going to do the, the Cookie Monster voice the entire time. <laughs> you should. I, I feel like I'm supposed to, right? Yeah. Because then, then this one is much different than that one. This is talking to Jake. That one will be talking to Warhorse. It's, it's my <laughs> I thought you, you called it the Cookie Monster yeah. voice. I like that. Yeah, I mean, that's what it sounds like in my head whenever I'm doing it. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, dude, thanks for doing this. Uh, we'll no talk problem, again soon. Man, for sure.